Hey guys, thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, I got some things I want to go over. Uh, Clippers snatching a game in Phoenix last night to cut the deficit to one game uh, over the Suns. I want to talk about the Bucks and Hawks series. Uh, since we've last talked, last talked, Rick Carlisle was hired back by Indiana. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit uh, about some of the other coaching updates. And of course, the big story going on right now is Chauncey Billups uh, and Damian Lillard and that whole uh, thing going on in Portland. And then after that, we're going to do our uh, fantasy draft of the fourth overall picks uh, from the last 30 years. But we'll get into that later. But first, I want to talk about the Suns Clippers game uh, last night. I think it's finally time that, uh, if we haven't already, to give Paul George's credit. I know we did a poll on Instagram uh, before the series started once the news about Kawhi not playing. Could Paul George lead this team? And uh, he he can, and he has. Especially after the loss of Zubac last night, uh, probably for the rest of the year. And no Kawhi, also probably for the rest of the year. Paul George is averaging in this series alone 30 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal. Um, and even losing Zubac's 13 points and 11 rebounds, they still found a way to get it done last night. Not to mention Paul George's career playoff high of 41 points. And now the Clippers uh, have broken the record for most wins in a single postseason when trailing in a series at 7. So, Garrett, what do you think has been the uh, the key for the Clippers to not only be able to hold on in this series, but now to potentially come back from another 0-2 deficit and win this series. And I do want to mention, uh, please remember to uh, keep your mic unmuted when you finish talking, just so it doesn't cut off in the recording. Thanks. Garrett, go ahead. Man, Paul George, um, not just the 41 points, but 15 of 20 shooting, 75%, like, so efficient. I mean, we see guys putting up big numbers, but they're, you know, shooting 30 times a game. Um, I was really impressed with that. Um, and Patrick Beverly didn't have a great game, and they were still able to win. And you got to applaud Reg- Reggie Jackson. I think he's increased his points per game in the playoffs by nine. Um, this team, it's weird. It feels like they could beat anybody because these guys, you know, they can definitely get hot, especially Beverly. Um, we saw Morris have. 20 points in the first half, a lot of roll guys, or it feels like they could come out and lay an egg where we saw 80 points in game four and they nearly won. Um, Chris Paul and Booker shot 14 for 44 that game, which maybe says something about how good their defense is. So I, I've been really shocked. Um, I think Paul George has quieted all the haters. I saw a, a picture that said Paul George is the fourth player ever to have 20 or more points in the first 18 games of the playoffs with Jordan, Bryant, and Durant. So, you know, really incredible company. Um, And like I said, I've just been really impressed. I feel like they can beat anybody uh, with these role players getting hot, and it's been really fun to watch. Absolutely, and I'm glad you brought up Reggie Jackson because he's averaging 18 points a game – excuse me, for the entire playoffs, but he's upped it to nearly 22. Um, And as far as, you know, great company with Paul George and his 18-game 20-point streak streak here, 
uh, Reggie Jackson is now the only the third player in league history to make three three pointers in fifteen postseason games, joining only Steph and Clay Thompson. So we're seeing a lot of history being made with this Clipper team. Um, Thad, what is your take on the uptick in Reggie Jackson's performance here, and what do you see going forward for the Clippers? Well, I think Garrett got a hold of my notepad before tonight's podcast because he just said everything I was going to say. Reggie Jackson was my number one point for the Clippers besides, obviously, Paul George. He's been playing incredible, uh, not just this playoffs, but this series particularly. Back-to-back 20-plus point games. Um, I think he's really been uh, that second guy um, for Paul George to rely on when Pat Beverly's not doing well. So I think if he keeps that up, Paul George can drop 40 points again, and maybe Pat Beverly does a little bit better. I think I think they're going to tie this series up, to be honest, and possibly win it and get to the finals. Yeah, I think we thought, surely, the Clippers can't come back from 0-2 again. But here they are showing us that anything is possible. One thing I would like to see from the Clippers is maybe DeMarcus Cousins. I know they went with Morris uh, in the starting lineup without Zubac. Um, but Morris and Kennard are the two big, you know, they have combined $60 million deals this offseason. And they're not really showing up. So they're definitely going to need some help from those guys. But I'd like to see DeMarcus Cousins maybe come in and do some more too. Maybe just to try and even slow uh, Aiton down. Because Aiton is still averaging 18 and 13 and nearly two blocks this series. But we're seeing a lot of struggling from the field. The numbers are there. But Devin Booker is only shooting 38% this series and 32% from three. Garrett, talk to us about Devin Booker. What do you think is going on there? Uh, Well, I just want to add... Cousins had 15 points in 11 minutes, so, you know, instant offense, which was nice to see. Exactly, so I, I but, feel like that's somebody they need, they, need a, they need a ride. 11 minutes, you're getting that kind of production. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Beverly has been a menace. He's that aggravating type of guy. Um, Booker's dealing with the broken nose issue, which we've seen players struggle to adapt with the mask, and um, both him and Chris Paul have kind of struggled from the floor. Like I said, 14 for 44 in game four and not much better in game five. I think uh, maybe just a little tougher matchups and maybe getting to him a little bit. But it's been a good battle. You know, if you're a Clippers fan, you love that that energy. And if you're a Suns fan, you wish Beverly had a broken nose maybe. But it's been fun to watch for sure. Absolutely, and you got to be happy. I mean, you before last night, you were riding a 3-1 lead with the poor shooting of Booker. And like you mentioned, Chris Paul struggling as well. That Nuggets series, he was averaging 26 points and 10 assists, shot nearly 70% from the field and 75% from the three-point range. But Thad, this series, I know he's coming off that uh, isolation period with the coronavirus, but he's down to 18 points and 9 assists on only 32% shooting and an awful 13% from three. What do you expect to see from Chris Paul in this next game, potentially next two games? I think his experience of being in the playoffs, being a veteran in the league, um, I think he's going to be able to stay cool, calm, collected, help these younger guys on the Suns team stay the same, uh, really get locked in and their mentality to close it out this next game. Honestly, I think the only uh, aspect they're not going to be able to control is if Paul George is going to drop another 40-point game on him. 
Yeah, the Clippers are going to have to rely on Paul George, but the way that he's been playing, I think it's it's going to happen. So real quick, Garrett, what do you see? Do you see the Suns in uh, six, or do you see this going seven and potentially the Clippers getting it? I think it's going seven. I I really think Paul George is locked in. I mean, they're you know a couple of free throws away from basically already locking this thing up. Uh, I, I I think it's going to take a special performance from Booker. Maybe he has a forty point night to seal it, but I think it's going to go the distance. Okay, and and Thad, what do you think? Is this going seven? I absolutely think it's going seven. I think, like Garrett said, Paul George is locked in. And I think in order for the Suns to win, Booker's gonna have that special gonna have to have that special night. All right, guys, thanks for the input on that series. I want to go ahead and move on to the Bucks and Hawks. After game one, we were thinking, man, the Hawks really are, you know, here. I mean, we've been seeing it all series, but to get this far and then to you know, to even get one from the Bucks. But uh Giannis has really stepped it up. And the main guy that I said needed to be the X-Factor in this series was Chris Middleton, and he showed that he can be the closer down the stretch when Giannis is getting, you know, double, triple team. Uh, Nick, what did you see out of out of that uh, Bucks-Hawks game from the other night? I mean, the obvious is, like you said, Chris Middleton. Um, I mean, 38 points, 20 points in the fourth quarter. Um, the guy couldn't miss. They, I watched the stretch he hit four straight threes um i mean he was he was unconscious but um you know that's that's what they needed and um throughout this series like something that i didn't expect we're finally seeing the drew holiday that we wanted to see you know basically all season um this is the drew holiday that we thought the bucks were going to get um but it didn't turn out that way until he's really shined this series um, his way, the way he can, I mean, nobody puts clamps on Trey Young, but the way he's been able to defend him and make things tough for him, um, I say tougher, it's it's been great. Um, but you never know with this Hawks team. They, they were down uh, 2-1 against Philly, and we saw how that went. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, Drew Holiday has been fantastic so far in this series. He went from averaging 15 points and four assists the last series to 20 and 10 this series. Um, and not to mention the defense, other than maybe the shimmy incident, but that's probably more on Bobby Portis. But Bobby Portis is another guy who has really shown up, who went from not really doing anything in 14 minutes uh, last series a game with three points and four rebounds, he's over double digits this series. Dan, what do you think uh, of the series so far and where it's headed? So it's actually really surprising to me. I mean, when I first look at the Bucks, I mean, last series they struggled. They didn't get hardly any bench scoring at all, and that was a big step up. They had Portis, who had 15 points last game. That was huge for them. And they'd also been struggling to get anyone to score outside of Giannis and uh, Middleton. So, I mean, <clears throat> you would have thought if Middleton has any off night, there's no chance in hell that they were going to get a W that night. And uh, he had 38 points, so they ended up winning. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can continue that. Um, 
They might get a little bit of help. Not sure if Trey Young's going to play, obviously, in Game 4. Hopefully he comes back and they can make it a competitive series still. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, the, the Hawks situation is not looking very good. I mean, Bogdanovich has been so up and down, and he's been so down this series. And now you factor in the injury with Trey Young. I mean, I think the answer's obvious here, but the Hawks, Nick, there, there's no chance that Trey doesn't play, right? I mean, I don't know what is – that it's he has a bone bruise or something like that. Um, I mean, it's super unfortunate that it happened the way that it did, um, you know, just stepping on a referee's foot. Um, you never like to see that. Um, that's our star player. I would, I would put a good amount of money to say that he is going to play. Um, but you know, what kind of Trey Young are we going to get? Um, and that's why I think it's key for people like Bogdanovich and, um, Lou Williams is going to have to step up, take a, take a bigger role, um, leading this team. Uh, but you know, with this buck or with this Hawks team, I, you can't ever count them out. You don't know what you're going to get with them. But um, like I said, it's unfortunate to see the injury, but uh, I would expect to see him out there even if he's not even at 80 90%. Yeah, and the offense just has not been there. The scoring, the scores have not been there for the Hawks. I mean, Herter's only averaging 10. Bogdanovich is down to 7. Not even 7. Uh Lou Williams, like you said, down to four points a game. I mean, these are things that are really going to have to step up in order for the Hawks to have a chance. I mean, right now, the Bucks are clicking. I mean, they got Porters with over 10 points a game, Lopez over 10 points a game. Drew Holiday's finally turned it on. Chris Middleton showed that he's here. He's ready to go. Giannis is being Giannis. Uh, I just don't think it's looking good for the Hawks. Uh, how many games do you see this thing going? And who do you have winning, Dan? I think it's going to go five or six, Dave. Maybe Atlanta wins one more, but I don't know. It's going to be tough. You know, like Nick said, with Trey Young being injured, they're going to have to have people step up, and I don't know who's going to lead them out there if Trey Young's hurting. Um, certainly he's going to play, I would assume. But obviously... He's going to be affected. Hopefully it's not a James Harden situation where we just see him out there shooting off of one leg and breaking shot after shot. Um, so I think that the Bucks are going to win this. It's unfortunate for the Hawks. They've had some injuries, and they're going to struggle to close this one out without being healthy. And that's just been the tale of the playoffs. Um Fortunately for the Hawks, they've been able to avoid it other than Hunter. Um, but now here we are with Trey Young. Garrett, or sorry, Nick, where do you see this series uh, going from here on out? Yeah, um, I, I can see it going six. I see Atlanta at least taking one more game. Um, you know, and their defense hasn't been terrible. Um, they've been able to hold Milwaukee to 32% shooting from three. Um, but I mean, you know, with Milwaukee, the shooters that they have, excluding Giannis, um, you know, they've got to do better, but 
you know, Atlanta's held their own against, you know, one of the best teams in the league. So, um, but I do see them getting one more, um, but it's maybe two, but that's, that's about it for them. I think Milwaukee um, ends up and heads to the NBA finals. Yeah, I have to agree with you guys. I think it's going it, I think six is a good number, especially if trade has come back. And uh, but I unfortunately don't see that happening. And it would have been cool to see that Booker and Trey Young matchup in the finals. Um, but now we don't even know. You know, it's it's up in the air with these four teams and where they're going to go. All right, so let's shift ahead uh, to some coaching news before I get into a couple big top topics I have here to close it out. Um, Jason Kidd was announced as the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I would like to talk more in depth about that whole situation in Dallas. We've talked a lot about Jason Kidd so far in, in, in our series here. So I'll go ahead and move on. Other than I just wanted to say that Jason Kidd is talking with Jason Terry and J.J. Barea to join his staff. Um, so it's going to be a full-on 2011 championship team reunion over there in Dallas. Um, Luca's, uh, you know, one of Luca's friends on that staff, uh, Jamal Mosley, who we thought was going to get a big push, you know, being close to Luca, uh, to Luca, has now been granted permission to interview with with Washington and I believe Orlando. I might be mistaken on the other team, but Washington for sure. Uh, Jacques Vaughn has withdrawn. Uh, from head coaching uh, opportunities to stay closer with his family and stay on the staff in Brooklyn. And uh, big news here in Indiana, Rick Carlisle back in Indiana. Uh, obviously, the Simons have come out and told Pritchard he, he can't blow the team up. Uh, so we're going to probably stick around with this same roster uh, that Indiana had this year, uh, depending, you know, impending free agency. Doug McDermott showed that he's going to be a commodity in free agency. So, Aaron, I'll start with you with potentially the same roster from this past season. How do you see Indiana improving with just the addition of Rick Carlisle? Well, they certainly can't get any worse. Um, looking at some stats here, <clears throat> Rick Carlisle was a was a head coach or assistant coach of four of the best five seasons in, in NBA Pacers history, not counting the ABA. Um, he had a little bit of an unlucky streak after that first season where they had 61 wins with uh, the Malice and the Palace, and then Reggie retired, and just a lot of injuries. I think Ron Artest might have only played, or Meta World Peace might only have played like 50 total games while he was with the Pacers with Derek Carlisle. And Reggie and Jermaine just really weren't ready all the time. But with the team he has now, I think if they stay healthy, you're looking at top you know, top four in the East, I think. I think four is very realistic, especially seeing as they, how they played in the bubble uh, when everyone was healthy except for Domas. Domas was out, and they really had a chance to win every one of those games against the Heat who made the finals that year. So I think it's a lot better. I think the Pacers have invested a lot more in him than they ever have in a coach. I think uh, this makes Rick Carlisle – this keeps Rick Carlisle in the top ten in coaching salary, and the Pacers have, are paying him three times as much as they paid McMillan or Bjorkren. So I think the Pacers are all in. I think Rick Carlisle sees something in this team. Um, I think he should see something in this team. Dan, what do, you, what do you think going forward with you know essentially the same roster – but the hard-nosed coaching style of Rick Carlisle. 
Well, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen, Dave, with the Pacers. I mean, we got Karis LeVert coming back um, off his injury or his weird illness. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how he meshes with all the different players. I hope it works out. Um, Carlisle, you know, he's got a lot of experience with in the NBA. Uh, he usually makes the playoffs. He's got a winning record overall. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Um, like Aaron said, I can see them competing each year. I'm not sure they're up with the top teams yet, but they could easily be from that four to six range in the East every year until they find some way to improve. They're going to need something to improve, um, whether that's a free agent or in the draft or another trade or just a, I don't know what they're going to need to do, but they need to get something if they're going to compete with the best teams in the East. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially when TJ Warren comes back, because that's his whole thing, you know, it's it's scoring. He's a scorer, and he can get you 25, 26, 27 points any night. But then they brought in Karis LeVert, who's also, you know, the scorer, who can get you 20, 21, 22. It's going to be interesting to see how those guys mesh together. I know Karis LeVert was brought in for Bjorkman's style of play, but... Dallas needed that second score uh, with Luca. Um, they thought it was going to be Chris Stapps, but I'll take a quote from Mark Cuban: "Chris Stapps is what he is," and even he knew now knows now that Chris Stapps isn't the second score. So now you're going to have two great wing players. You're going to have Domas down low. You may or may not have Miles Turner. I mean, his name has been in trade talks for years now, and you got Brogdon who can score 20, had, did score 20, what, 21, 22, 23 this year per game, but he does not have to. So it will be interesting. The bench is probably going to get decimated this offseason, unfortunately, but there are still some young guys, uh, O'Shea Brissett, um, Edmund Sumner, uh, Cassius Stanley. So they have the pieces to get there. And Rick Carlisle is that no-nonsense guy. Uh, Bob Kravitz wrote about it. Uh you know, the Pacers, the team itself, the franchise, the fans, they're ready for Rick Carlisle, but are the players ready for Rick Carlisle? And like Reggie Miller said, the Pacers, the team, the players themselves may need to take a look at the mirror and make sure that they uh, aren't part of the issue with this whole Bjork uh, issue as well. Uh, any last words on the Carlisle update, Aaron? I was just going to read that quote from Reggie that you just mentioned, so I don't have anything else. I think he's completely right on that. All right, so the last thing I want to talk about is some of the big, the biggest news uh, coming out of this whole coaching, you know, search here, and that's the whole Chauncey Billups, uh, Damian Lillard saga. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I, it wasn't until this week um, that I knew about the Chauncey Billups allegations from '97. It's crazy to think with how well he did after 97, after leaving Boston, um, and then being a finals MVP. And this is something that we've never heard of uh, until now. Um, I know that the Blazers said that they they did their research. Um, They had a meeting with him last Wednesday, and they they were convinced after that meeting that um, he was going to be their guy. Portland knew that Chauncey had been 
interviewed hard for other positions from other organizations prior to their interviews with him, including the Clippers uh, last year when he was hired there. Cleveland even offered him uh, the president of basketball operations deal. Uh, and they did their own investigation into those 97 allegations. And um, Portland wouldn't even listen to those. They wanted to make sure they had their own investigation. And when they interviewed Billups, they recounted everything to him that they have learned through their own investigation of those allegations. And everything matched up, which is uh, why they went ahead with that hire and felt safe hiring that person. Um Neil O'Shea, the president of basketball operations of Portland, and the owner, Jody Allen, um, they both agreed that Billups checked out, his story checked out, and that he was the guy for the team. Now, since then, they have offered him the five-year deal, which he accepted. They, I believe they introduced him today. The fifth year is an option. and uh, But now this whole thing with this, these rape allegations is coming out, and I don't want to get too much into that. I don't want to get too much into the moral discussion of, you know, what this means. Billups denied it happened. Um, however, there was a rape kit done and it did prove positive, you know, that she had, you know, been raped or it had, you know, been in. The, t- the tests were conclusive with results of what would have been, it would have happened with some of that had been raped. Uh, Chauncey Billups said it never happened. Uh, and what did happen was consensual and um but they ended up settling in a civil lawsuit um so take with that what you will um unfortunately though you know damian lillard is now taking a lot of criticism from this from portland fans and other fans especially women fans of of the nba because before he publicly came out said hey i want jason kidd you know people were asking him hey who do you want as a coach and before that, he said that he would like to see somebody with uh, a lot of experience. And when he was pushed for names, he said, I went Kidd or Billups. And then he obviously went on and said, I went Jason Kidd. That didn't work out. And now uh, he got Chauncey. And uh, Damian Lillard also said that um, he wasn't aware of these allegations either. He was, what, eight, seven, eight years old. Um, he said when... He was being blamed by somebody on Twitter for letting Billups be hired because of his interest in Billups becoming the coach. He said, really? I was asked what coaches I like of the names I heard and I named them. Sorry, I wasn't aware of their history. I didn't read the news when I was seven or eight years old. I don't support those things. But if this route, if y'all want to come at me, say less. Um, it was Brian Windhorst reported that Damian Lillard was even in the Zoom meeting with Chauncey Billups which he said isn't even a normal thing for players to sit in on that, but he was there. And we all talk about Damian Lillard's um, loyalty to Portland, and I think Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports put it best, and I'll go ahead and read his quote as well. Lillard has remained loyal to Portland in large due to the tremendous fan base there. But over the last few days, he's seen some of those same fans attacking him on social media for a pending coaching hire, which is now official. He played no part in consummating. So now the same reason that he wants to stay in Portland is now the same reason that he may now be looking for a way out of Portland. Garrett, out of all this, do you think it was a safe hire for Portland? Do you think they should have maybe looked elsewhere? Um, What do you see out of that aspect? And what do you see from Lillard 
maybe after all this is said and done? Um, I, for me, the it was allegations, and he was found not guilty. And you know, it was twenty four years ago, whatever. Like it's so hard hard to know what actually happened. As far as just pure basketball, I think Billups has a great uh, reputation around the league. Uh, his knowledge of basketball and being a leader. And if Lillard was in on, you know, the decision, I think Portland's doing everything they can, you know, to keep him happy. If Lillard definitely does one out, you know, they got a rookie coach, but locked him in for five years. Um, if it's a total rebuild, you know, he's going to have time to develop the younger players, maybe, you know, get some good value for Lillard in, in the trade. So either either way, basketball-wise, I mean, they're obviously trying to keep Lillard, but if he moves on, you know, they showed the commitment, which I like, to rebuild something. Yeah, and, and to your point, he, not only was he found not guilty, the criminal charges weren't even filed, so it never even went to, went to court. Um, as far as basketball standpoint, I agree with you. I mean, I think Chauncey's well-respected. After his time in the NBA, he mentored a lot of these guys in the off season and helped, you know, train them going into the the following seasons. Um, but I think with all this stuff going on and all the scrutiny, uh, the fans maybe in Portland turning a little bit on Damian Lillard and the, you know, not even to mention the struggling of not being able to win the playoffs or the postseason. all that together, I think really might push him to leave. I personally don't think that we'll see a move this off season. Now, if uh, things start to go south quickly at the beginning of next season, I think he's gone by the deadline. Um, but I think that we're not going to see anything crazy uh, here quickly. Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't – I mean, you know, Portland does not want to move one of the, you know, the top players in the league. Um you know, it's a it's a speed bump for them. They're going to try to make it work, do whatever they can to you know ease the tension and everything like that. Um, you know, it's it's something he wasn't aware of. It's something a lot of us weren't aware of. Um, and you know, you can't. It's it's Twitter, so you know, social media. Anybody can interact with the fans and stuff like that. So, um, in a sense he should take that with a grain of salt that with people coming at him and everything like that. Um, but you know, though it's something that comes up, every coach has baggage. Um, so, you know, Portland's going to do whatever they can to keep him. Um, I, I just don't see Portland ever trading him. Um, he's been there that long. So, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah, um, I I think the only way Portland's going to trade him is when they're they're going to they're going to get their hand forced. I think, unfortunately, Lillard's. I mean, times on their hand. If somebody wants to, excuse me, if somebody really quick wants to look up on Spot Track what Lillard's contract is, or does somebody know how many I have it left? He has he has till twenty. He has through twenty four twenty five, but he's making fifty four million that year. They have him for the next five years, next four. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's going to be 35, 36 years old by the time this contract's up. He doesn't have a ton of. Like, Portland 
if Portland's gonna if Portland's gonna trade him, they're gonna have to trade him now because his value is no higher than it is right now, and even that's diminished, I think, a little bit just because of all this trouble. People are gonna start thinking, man, Portland's gonna need to dump him. We're gonna be able to. They're gonna have to take what they can get. I have a quick. I, I feel like now I, I know Damian Lillard's like amazing. He's a really good basketball player. But if you're gonna pay a third of your a third of your player salary you paid this year and four years for this guy, I think the best thing to do is get rid of him. Not get rid of him, but you know, get something out of him now. So yeah, let me let me poise this question: Is or is Portland better off getting what they can get for a prime Lillard right now, especially with all the drama that's happening, um, trading him and getting assets back, picks back, that kind of thing? versus hoping this all blows over and they put the right roster together. Thad, what do you think? Uh, I absolutely think they try to just make Lillard happy, uh, try to get the right players around him to win the to get to the ship now. Um, as, <laughs> brand new coach. I would not want to be in a rebuilding time right now. I think I would rather have a veteran leader on that team. So that, that's my opinion. I would, I would be making moves to make him happy. So he didn't want to leave. And like you said, once his contract's over, he's going to be mid thirties. So like his, his value is just not going to be there anymore. So they're not going to get much for him. If they wait any longer to trade him, I just don't see it happening at this moment, unless he's like, I'm done. I want out. But that's on him, and he's been loyal so far. So I doubt the Billups drama drives him to want to leave. Uh, so I guess we'll see what happens. And, Dan, I'll finish this off with you. Um, do you think this Billups hire and all this drama is the final straw for Lillard? Do you see him saying, you know what, I, I'm just done? I think he's probably just using it as an excuse, you know. Um, honestly, if you're wanting to trade, you just – find any reason to say, hey, I want to trade. And that's what he's doing. He's kind of just upset with the organization as a whole. They've had a couple years where they just can't get any significant uh, playoff wins. They just can't really do anything in the playoffs. And he's understandably frustrated. Um, So in his eyes, he's got a couple more years in his prime, and he's trying to get to an organization that's going to put him in the best spot to win. So I think he's basically just using this as a signal that it's time to jump ship. You've got a new coach coming in. You don't know what's going to happen. So instead of rebuilding and starting over, he doesn't want that in his career right now. I think that he's probably done. Um, that's what it sounds like, at least. And I think that this is a best situation for both the Trailblazers and for him, that they tried to figure out a way to trade him now while he's still in his prime maybe just on the edge of declining in his prime. He's got three to four years left on his contract, and uh, they can get the best value out of him now, potentially even a top draft pick this year. Who knows? Yeah, I I kind of agree with that. I think he's a very prideful person. I think he likes to be liked. I think he wants to be liked. And I don't think he wants to be the bad guy uh, and be the one to say, hey, get me out of here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's sending a lot of signals, you know, that, you know, if if this isn't getting fixed, I'm gone. But I think, like you said, he's 
he's in the it's a perfect storm for him if, if that's what he's trying to do. If he's trying to get out of this without being the bad guy, I think that I think you're right in that. So, does anybody have any uh, final thoughts on that subject? I got something. Um, with the way Team USA looks this year, with Damian Miller on the roster, do you think there's a lot of potential for the players on that team to try to recruit Lillard to leave the Blazers and come join them? Absolutely. I'm sure that happens all the time. Um, I just don't know who who has the cap room for that to happen. Um, I think the best scenario I mean, I, would, I mean, Bam out of bio is there. I know the Lakers were talking about maybe making a trade for him, but there's nobody on the Lakers, nobody on the Knicks on the team. And the Heat are losing big contracts with uh, all Depot's contracts up, Trevor Reza's out. They have the cap space to get a guy like Lillard, and they have the positions open and a lot of people around, and they just made the final. Yeah, um, like you said, a lot of teams are going to have to pull off some uh, sign-in trades just to get the money there together, including the Knicks. Um, there's not the, the Knicks are in a great spot, you know, cap wise, um, but unfortunately, he's on a free agent, so they're going to have to find a way to get the money back onto their team, so that they can then go and trade for that. All right, well, you know what time it is, guys. It is time for the all fourth overall pick draft. Um, Aaron won the first tournament last night getting to the championship game against Thad. He had to beat Thad two times. And, you know, it was unfortunate that Dwayne Wade decided to take a back seat there in the championship. Thad, what were your thoughts on that? I know you're happy as a sixth seed to make it all the way to the finals. Honestly, going into that, I expected to win one, maybe two games. And then seeing how Dwayne Wade was playing throughout the tournament, uh, was just, he was just phenomenal. I didn't expect that type of gameplay from him. Uh, but to lose back-to-back games in the in the championship, to lose it all, like that was just a little, little heartbreaking. Uh, Aaron had to win three straight games. Um, I thought I had it locked down as soon as I was in the championship game with no losses. And then Skittles and Wade kind of stepped it down a notch and – I saw Rubio trying to make plays that Rubio shouldn't be making plays. And it just wasn't good. Mike Miller wasn't hitting anything. So I was happy to get that far. Yeah, it was definitely a fun tournament to watch, uh, a long tournament to watch, which I will announce some changes here in a second. But Aaron, I'll give you the floor to give your victory speech real quick. I just want to give a shout out to the actual MVP of the tournament, uh, Mr. Vincent Carter. Um, like I said, greatest six six guard out of North Carolina of all time. Um, aside from one game in the tournament, I mean, we'd be undefeated, and, and that does fall on him. He had a really bad game. Um, other than that, solid effort from everybody. Tony Batie comes through in the clutch to seal the final game of the year. Sorry, Thad. I know your team uh, was a little bit of the underdog, and I didn't want to take down the Cinderella, but sometimes you have to do what you got to do. With that being said, I will announce uh, the changes going into the next tournament and probably going forward, unless this you know is not great. But uh, on Monday, we'll be we will be going into a single elimination tournament. Uh, I, we, I know that leaves only three teams left after the first round. 
But what will happen is the team that wins by the most points in the first game will get a bye to the championship, and the other two winners will play each other to get into that championship game there. Thanks uh, to Garrett for that idea. Um, another thing that I thought about, you know, we had issues, you know, yesterday. Why isn't DeMarcus Cousins getting the ball when it's guarded by Isaac Okoro or something like that? So after we do our draft and before we do the simulation at some point this week, I will ask you guys for your coaching input. So let's say, hey, I want DeMarcus Cousins to get the ball more. I want Kevin Garnett to get the ball more. I want Isaac Okoro to not be in the paint. I will talk to each of you, and you'll get those tendencies fixed and get the guys the ball that you want to have the ball. Sound good with everybody? All good to me. Yep. All right, with that being said, uh, the number one pick in this draft should have been me. I had a 42% chance. I had the most balls in the bin. And I fell third. Anyway, how to get that off my chest. Dan, with the first pick in the fourth overall pick draft, who are you taking? I'm going to catch a lot of slack for this, Dave. But going off of the 2K uh, performances of Dwayne Wade, you got to have a star player. And this guy puts up a lot of points. I don't like him, but I'm going with Russell Westbrook. There it is. Let's hear it, guys. Give it to him. Give it to him, guys. I mean, that was my number one, also. <laughs> he's really good, and Dan can finally say he's, he's trash. Good. But I'm glad to hear it, Dan. He's gonna have the highest. <laughs> you wouldn't think he's good overall. if he wasn't good. You wouldn't have picked him number one. He's gonna so. have the highest overall in two K. That's what I'm going. He's the only MVP on this list. Don't, don't right. even discuss it with him, Aaron. It's not. It's not worth it. Just <laughs> good pick, Dan. Yep, good pick. He was number two on my list, but a very good pick. Uh, Nick, pick number two. You are up. Who are you taking? Uh, I had pick number two last time, also, and that didn't go very well for me. Um, I was going to take Westbrook first, just due to the fact of playing the the 2K games, um, but I think overall um, we can all be in agreement that uh, Chris Paul is the better overall player throughout a career. So uh, I'm going to go with CP. Good pick. Yep, I agree. Uh, those were my top two players. Chris Paul, I had number one. Number two, I had Russell Westbrook. Um Dave, this might have been the worst time to to have the third pick ever. It, it is, and I feel like I'm going to get a lot of crap from my pick, but I went through all these 30 guys here, and I put them in the order that I would want to draft them, my own personal feelings on this. And with my third pick, I am going with Antoine Jameson. <laughs> Crickets. Really? Really? <laughs> I had I had I had Anton Jameson as my number four, so we're not that far off. He was I my had top him, forward, I think. I had him at seven. Um, I'm yeah, I mean, 19, he's the best small forward. I seven think. rebounds, like yeah, I needed a small forward. I have another guy that I liked uh, also a small forward, but I had Anton Jameson retire, so that's why I went with him, especially after seeing how little. I know I just announced that I'll be, you know, I'll let you coach your team how you want. After seeing how little 
of a factor Cousins and Garnett was. I didn't want to go uh, big too early here, so that's why I went with, with the three here with Antoine Jameson, which I might even be able to put down you know, at the four, depending on how this draft goes. All right, so the next pick in the draft, help me out here, is it's Garrett, correct? Yeah, number four, man, I was really torn with a personal favorite, but I think I had to go Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch, I had him uh, sixth on my list. Um, I do like Chris Bosch as a player, but I think my bias of you know the Heat that probably is what turned me to not have him higher than another guy. I'm thinking of. All right, let's go to tournament uh, number one uh, runner-up. Sad. Here you taking at number five. I'm going to Mar Odom. Mar Odom, interesting. Um, why Lamar? I like Lamar. I don't have a reason. Okay. All right. (laughs) I will say, this one was a lot harder. There's a lot of players that are very equal in my mind around this period. I totally agree. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So let's uh, go to Aaron for pick number six and seven. (laughs) But I wouldn't. Man, I thought I was eyeing Lamar Odom in the third round, sad. (laughs) I was hoping to get Lamar Odom and uh, Tristan Thompson later and have a little Kardashian team, but... I got shit uh, last time for Dwayne Wade, and I was in the championship, so... He, that's he, a, likes, that's a, he likes Lamar. Let him... That's a great point, that's but... That's true. Peter's really was MVP for you. Um, I got two picks here, right? Yes. That helps a lot. I want to get a good guard, so um, I'm thinking... Just to be nice, um, I feel like this guy. This guy was third on my list, so thank you guys for leaving him out. One of two Hall of Famers in this. Um, that was a fourth pick, four-time Defensive Player of the Year, three-time All NBA, three-time Block Leader, two-time Rebound Leader, career. What? What is it like? Twelve rebounds a game. Just I, I just sense. I just had no big men last last time. <laughs> I would just love to have the Kimbe Mutombo this time in his prime. All right, my pen is sucking so bad. It's writing on every other sheet of paper I had, but the one that I started writing on for the rosters. All right, Aaron, number seven, you're up again. Uh, two-time All-NBA, uh, Stefan Marbury. Marbury at the point. Should have been MVP of that 2000s All-Star game, but it's whatever. Allen Iverson played good all game. All right, uh, Thad, we're back to you after Lamar Odom. Who'll be taking? Mike Conley. Mike Conley as the point guard. You got a reason there, or do you just like Mike Conley too? No reason. All right. Moving back up to Garrett. Uh, a lot of guys still left on this board. Who are you taking? Um, I'm surprised that this guy lasted this long. I got to go Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, I was too. I had him fourth on my list. I thought for sure he was going to go. That's the guy I was, you know, between with when I picked Jamison. So yeah, yeah one of my all-time favorite just, players right there, Rasheed. I was debating him over Chris Bosh, my first pick. So 
Yeah. I had I had Mutombo third, Marbury fifth, and Wallace sixth. It doesn't really light up the scoreboard though as much. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what two K takes into defense. It's going to depend on what Dave decides his overall should be when he makes him. I I already told you how that works. I'm just I'm just I go. I'm just joking. He's just not on the game because I don't, for whatever reason. Yeah, because he doesn't want to be. Um. All right. Uh, good pick there, yeah, Rashid. Is it that that to me is as equivalent as Demarcus still being there for Nick last last draft. Um, but I'm gonna go with my fifth ranked player still on the board, which means I'm officially dropping Antoine Jameson down to the four, and I'm taking Jamal Mashburn with my next pick. That's a good pick, Dave. That was who I was eyeing for my next pick. So, good job. So I've got two uh, two good offensive players there, you know, three and four. I'm happy with that, especially Jamison. You can kind of move around a lot down there at the four spot. So, Nick, um, who you got? Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to take uh, Porzingis. Uh, he was the highest available on my list as well. Um, just because, you know, the offense alone, the length, uh, and you can throw him, you know, f- you can really play 3, 4, 5, honestly, um, as good as he is. But, yeah, good pick. Uh, Dan, we're up to you. Who did uh, Thad pick with his? I Mike Conley. Mike Conley. Got it. <clears throat> All right, I've got two picks. We're going to go with a young buck, Jaron Jackson. All right. I had him fairly low on my list, but I think it's just because, you know, the real-life injuries and stuff. I just, mm-hmm. I'm just not high on Jaron Jackson. Who do you guys think that? It's 2K thing. It's that 2K thing because – He's so young. He, he's going to get better eventually, but right now we don't want him on our team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's. I think he's going to be good, but he probably won't be that good on 2K. Um, my second pick, we're out of big men, really. I'm going to have to go with Eddie Curry because it's not going to get back to me. Whoa, Eddie Curry. Man, I had a... I had a lot of people in front of Eddie Curry. Yeah, I, but I had you see the big man up there. <laughs> I had a career really high because he had a nineteen point eight rebound season. I just thought that's a really good season for yeah, big man. and big we're going all best overall season too. Yeah, so I guess and I guess that makes sense. I had him second to last on my list, but I guess over, I mean there's potential there for him to be a highly overall rated in the past two K. So I guess that's a safe pick. I guess Dan. So. Can't argue with that logic. Uh, Nick, you're up. I am up. Um, so, man. Yeah, there's a couple big men I would have taken before. No, sorry, Dan. I don't mean to keep bashing Eddie Curry. I, I like Eddie Curry, but um, I'm going to go with uh, Aaron Gordon. He was going to be one of my next picks. Uh, so, I like that there. Um, especially now that he can shoot the three ball, that's going to be helpful for you too. 
Plus, I'm sure we'll see some monster jams like we saw from Dwayne Wade. Um, here, I had this guy rated higher than he probably should have been, but I wanted a shooter. I wanted a guy who could shoot the ball, lights out in 2K. So I'm going with Dennis Scott. That was my pick. Oh. There's, somebody, there's someone pretty comparable to Dennis Scott still left that I had higher than Dennis Scott. I think I know who you're talking about. So we'll, we'll wait and see. Is it me? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm going to go with... Tyreek Evans. Tyreek Evans is a good pick. And that was my pick. That's that's rookie Tyreek, right? It's got to be rookie Tyreek. Probably. And you can a play 27 and 7 rookie of the year. 20 at 1, 2, 3 spot. I got him. For, Here you can change. Yeah, I got him because he can play different spots in case I run out of. Yeah. I'm going to just for now, G, throw him at the 2 just so that's in the middle, but we can change it. All right, Thad. Well, shit. Uh, let's go. I need someone big. Let's go, Tristan Thompson. It's a good pick. I was hoping he was going to slip back through to me. Thad's got the Kardashians now. Yep, now Thad's got them. Odom and Thompson. Aaron, back to back. Who you got? Well, I don't know how Jim Jackson fell to me. Out of all the players on this list, he averaged 26 a season. The only person who has a higher season than that is Westbrook. Uh, or 26-1 season, I guess. But he's never been an all-star. Didn't make an all-rookie team. Doesn't have any accolades. No championships. Nothing. But... I think he's the most underrated player in this draft class. Jim Jackson. Is that who you were thinking of? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. I had him. I had him (laughs) 11th on my list. Um, I'm trying to think here. I have a a point guard, shooting guard, and center. Um, I think I would like to take a young, another young buck here. Um, We didn't get to see him in this round yet, or won't be able to see in the rest of the season. But DeAndre Hunter. Good pick. Yep. I like DeAndre Hunter. Were you putting him at the three or the four? Probably the three, I'd assume. I, I, sorry, I, I just said the whole thing muted, but I think three. It uh, depends what's left when I get back to the end here, but probably three. Gotcha. All right, Thad, back to you. All righty. Give me one second. All right. Uh, I'm going to go Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters had a couple solid seasons. I bet he'll be a 82-83 type player there. That's, that's a good pick this late. Just a flat-out score. You don't have to worry about overdosing on gummies in this game. All right, Garrett, you're up. He doesn't have the greatest stats, but man, this guy 
Could have been special. Um, I'm going to go Sean Livingston. Man, that was going to be my next pick. That was yeah. going to be my pick, and I switched it to Dion. Yeah. I needed a good point guard. When I was doing my research for this, I couldn't believe how bad his stats were. He's one of, like, three players in this whole list who's never averaged over 10 points a game for a season. Yeah, it's definitely a potential thing, but Garrett's going to have that size and that length at the point and, you know, just a distributor, so that's going to be we got We got Tyreek, Rashid, and Chris to score it. We just need someone to throw it. Yeah. Garrett went for the opposite strategy this time. He had all guards last time, all short people. This time he's going all big guys. Oh, we're monsters. (laughs) All right, well, I got to go with this guy because if not, I don't got a point. So we're going with Vancouver's own Antonio Daniels. I had Antonio Daniels relatively high on my list, probably higher than he should have been just because of how solid he was. I had him 30th on my list out of 31. Really? What the heck is wrong with you? I had him way His best seasons, 11 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, and a... That's his best out of all the seasons, not at once. The stats were just not there. Okay, well, Nick, take the pick. Oh... There's just big guys left, huh? Except for <laughs> Wes Johnson. Yes, Wes Johnson. Very athletic. That could be that could be a sleeper right there. I'm calling it now. That's my sleeper. Wesley Johnson. Good 2K player. Yep. All right, Dan. Last two picks, Dan. Who you got? Well, I guess since Nick took the other remaining guard, I guess I'm going to fill out my shooting guard with the only other guard, Josh Jackson. Alrighty. I'm not going to lie. I get Josh Jackson and Jaron Jackson like kind of mixed up, so I'm glad there's, they're both there's the There's so many team. Jackson. <laughs> they're on your team. <laughs> Jackson to Jackson. <laughs> and who got Jim Jackson? Oh, dang. Way to go. <laughs> Way to go. Got him both. Whoever drafted. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Aaron. Maybe we'll play each other. And... Not all, all forwards left, I guess, and one big guy, so... Yeah, you got a couple of good small forwards. Yeah. They're solid small forward players here. I guess we're going to have to go with Tyrus Thomas. I do like Tyrus Thomas. Tyrus Thomas traded by... Portland to Chicago for the Marcus Aldridge on draft night. All right, Nick, last pick. Who you got? I'm going to go with the three-point bomber, Danielle Marshall. There you go. Good pick. Oh, Nick, you son of All right, well, I got to get my center, and I have uh, one of my. Hey, sorry, who are, those, who are those last two picks? That was uh, <laughs> Tyrus Thomas and Danielle Marshall. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. All right, I'm taking one of my favorite college basketball players of all time the 40 year old version, Cody Zeller.
All right, Garrett, last pick. I don't really need him, but I don't have an option, and I'm pretty happy to get him for the last pick. I'm going to go Drew Good. Motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> Literally, my last three picks, Garrett's taken right before me. Rashida. Well, Garrett, let me ask you. Rashida, that's the three? Yeah, Livingston, Evans, Sheed, Drew Good, and Chris Bond. All right. All right, Thad, last pick. You need a center? I don't even know who's left. No, I don't need a center. I need a small forward. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. I guess all those three could really, those two could swap, yeah. Uh, give me Marcus. Was it Pfizer? Marcus Pfizer, yeah. He could, he could be a solid uh, 2K overall just because of those years of the Bulls early. He was like their only option. All right, Aaron, last pick. Um, Patrick Williams, we don't know. We haven't seen a lot from him, but all rookie this year. And I just think Dragon Bender is just not the guy to go with ever. He's my last on my list. I'll go Patrick. Absolutely, he's the last. <laughs> Bender was also a last on my list. Not even in the NBA anymore. Correct. He's one of the only players drafted fourth to not make the all-rookie team, too. I had Patrick Williams for, or 22nd on my list, so I was, I was high on him. All right, guys. Well, that is that. Like I said, uh, I will text you all this week and say, you know, ask who you, what your game plan are. Your game plans are. I'll let you be the coach for this tournament. Um, until then, I think we had a great episode. Probably one of my favorites we've had so far. Um, so real quick, to close out, as always, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, now on YouTube and Spotify at NBA PTF. Is there any questions our way, any ideas for polls, any ideas for drafts? And uh, we'll see you all next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you.